My guest this week is Lorraine K. Lee. Lorraine is director and head of editorial at Prezi. Prezi, by the way, is an amazing tool for developing powerful and visually attractive presentations. Lorraine has been teaching people. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies, tech firms, universities, to help them to improve their presentation and speaking skills. And there's a lot in today's episode because we're going to look at a bunch of tips, including how to use more movement in your training videos and training, whether it's live or whether it's asynchronous. What does that mean, asynchronous training videos, asynchronous training content? How you can leverage visuals and state changes in your training? What is the importance of recaps and the value of creating roadmaps at the beginning of your presentation? Loads in this week's episode. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. This is the Training Business Podcast, and it's the weekly show for self-employed consultants, coaches, facilitators, trainers, whatever you describe yourself or how you describe yourself doesn't really matter. You're in the business, just like me, of helping people with their business by giving them skills and, of course, making money from that. And this is what the show is all about. The focus is on the business of you making money from your programs, your courses, your keynotes, whatever that is, your expertise packaged up and priced and sold. This is what the show does. And every Thursday, we've got episodes of the show. Well, in fact, one episode every Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. Maybe you have an expert business already and you're looking for more tips from people like my guests, or perhaps you're thinking of starting a career, your own business, in selling what you know how to do and helping people how to do that thing and making money from it. I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm a coach. I've written a book on sales coaching, and I'm also active in training in different areas, things like skills management for salespeople and so on. I've been employed, self-employed, unemployed, and I quite like making money from my own thing, my own products, my own services. Maybe you want that kind of independence, and if that is the thing that uh, turns you on, then this is the show for you. And there is an episode of the show every Thursday on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's on Stitcher or Apple or Spotify, that you listen to podcasts. Wherever you've come to us from today, you're very welcome. I would love you to click on the follow button or the subscribe button right now because this will notify you of great episodes of the show which are designed to help you with your business wherever you are on that journey. Lorraine, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me. So I'm reading what's on your screen, which says, Lorraine Lee, virtual keynote speaker, LinkedIn learning instructor, editorial director at Prezi. Let's go back in time, uh, maybe a couple of years to where you were where before you became an expert in your field. How did you get from where you were a number of years ago to now being recognized as an expert in your field? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say it started off with my 
second job out of school. So I joined a company called SlideShare, which was a LinkedIn company at the time, and they were all about presentation. So I think that was my first foray into that space and learning how to curate and just working with a lot of business professionals um, who are, of course, creating really beautiful presentations. Um, I moved over to LinkedIn after that. Uh, I was at LinkedIn for uh, six years in total, including my time at SlideShare. And then I moved on to Prezi. And Prezi, of course, is a presentation platform. And I knew working at Prezi, I wanted to get better at presentations. I wanted to get better at public speaking. It just made sense working <laughs> working at this company. Um, and so I took it upon myself really as a personal goal. And Prezi asks employees to come up with personal goals that are also tied to the business. So uh, I think it was an early 2021 20, where I really you know, took this to heart and wanted to really push forward in this space. And I found a mentor at Prezi who was willing to help me and give me feedback. And it just really took off from there. You know, I was super nervous for my first, um, you know, public external facing presentation on a webinar. Um, but it just, I kept improving. I kept reviewing my videos, which is really awkward. I'm sure <laughs> you've done the same, like no one likes hearing their voice or watching themselves speak, but pushed through and, and ended up where I am today, just constantly learning and talking to different people in the field. So for people who are not familiar with Prezi, the first time I saw this, it blew me away. Mm -hmm. um, compared to PowerPoint without, you know, dissing or denigrating PowerPoint too much okay. here, it, it, Prezi is absolutely amazing. Describe to us briefly what Prezi is for those of us who have not yet used it. So Prezi is a presentation tool that really focuses on the concept of conversational presenting. So in a PowerPoint, for example, you're going very linear, talking through your slides. I think one of the main differentiators of Prezi is that you have this open canvas and you have topics and you see an overview right away and you can give the presentation based on what's interesting to your audience. So if I had, you know, topic one, topic two, topic three, and I'm in a meeting with you, Mark, and you decide, oh, I don't care about topic one, topic two, let's just go into topic three. You just dive right in, it zooms in, and it really allows for that kind of back and forth versus just me speaking to the audience uh, about what I think is important to them. And one of the reasons I asked you on because uh, is because you're known for one of your courses, which is how to make a killer presentation. Is that the title of the course? Um, I have a few different courses. So I actually have a meetings-focused LinkedIn learning course. I have given um, webinars and keynotes around um, how to stand out on video, and part of that is presenting virtually. So it's okay. a lot of different areas, kind of all related, though, to presentations. Okay. There's usually some aspect of that, yeah. Why presentations? Why do you think that means so much to you? I think presentations are just such a staple of the business world and mm -hmm. they're not something that's going away anytime soon and they might take different formats or you know a different look and feel or a different style for example when we all went virtual we all had to learn how to present virtually um, but I just think it's such a staple and um, so, so important if you can speak well if you can know how to present your content your argument your message um, it just goes so, such a long way in advancing your career and helping you get noticed by senior leaders so there's just so many benefits if you know how to do it well has that been true for you has that uh, skill set helped you to promote yourself get noticed and come to the oh, attention I, of other people yeah i would definitely say so i mean like i said i, I started really in yeah. vain in, in 2021 and i have gotten so many opportunities from it people within the company have come mm. up to me and said you know we really you know love watching you and we've learned so much and that that means a lot and so um people know me more internally now and then also externally as well 
If you were to, let's say, um, dissect the average presentation, where do you think the average speaker needs to improve, could improve, and, and really has to improve to make a great mm-hmm. impression? I would say one of the first things is to focus on the visuals of it. And I think a lot of presentations are still kind of the stiff, boring, Mm. you know, a lot of bullet points, a lot of text, and really visual communication is going to be the best way to get your message across, to be memorable. And so people could afford to put put more visuals and just reduce the text on screen. Okay. Um, So a lot of the people who listen to the show are instructors, they're trainers. I think you'd agree that many of us in the trade over rely on what's on the screen. We forget how we can bring interactivity into the room. One of the things you've mentioned is the concept of adding more movement. Why Mm. movement? So I I learned this from my colleague, Spencer. I talked about the mentor earlier at Prezi, and he always says this thing, uh, movement is the gateway to attention. And if we are watching um, an action movie, for example, Mm. we are so tuned in. There's so much happening. There's so much to look at. When we see a presentation and someone is sitting on their slide for 10 minutes and nothing has moved, it's just a cue to tune out and our brains get used to things very quickly. Mm -hmm. So if something hasn't changed, we're going to get bored. And so movement is really that key. And I'm sure we've all experienced uh, when someone's giving a presentation, the moment they add another point or change the slide or zoom in, we we kind of perk up a little bit and and refocus our attention. Um, But there's just there's just not enough of that. And especially in a virtual environment, uh, we need even more to keep people's attention because there's so much other thing, so much other stuff going on that's distracting us. Yeah, um, you've obviously managed to create, uh, garner a huge attention, um, a huge following on LinkedIn. How do you manage that? <laughs> that's one of my most uh, frequently received questions. <laughs> so I think a lot of it. So I did. I mentioned before I used to work at LinkedIn. Yeah. And I that would helps. write something called the daily rundown. And uh-huh. for those who are on LinkedIn, um, frequently you'll see, especially on desktop, in the top right hand corner, there's all those news stories. And so I was part of the team that helped launch that. I moved to Hong Kong for a year. I was writing those stories during my daytime, and then people in the U.S. would wake up and have the news ready for them. Uh, so, you know, writing that, writing relevant, timely content, and of course, having the support of LinkedIn to help push uh, content out was very helpful in that. Um, but, you know, I've, I've since gained followers, of course, since leaving LinkedIn. And I think the key is posting regularly, posting content that is helpful to people, mm-hmm. not trying to hard sell them on things all the time. And, you know, I'm, I love mentoring people. I love helping people grow in their careers and, and to get better, and especially in this presentation space, because I know there's so much potential there. So I, I just post post often about it. And I think mm-hmm. that's really helped grow my following and kind of hone in my expertise. So right now, looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've 317,166 <laughs> oh, yeah. followers. That's massive. That's one of the biggest followings I've seen. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think what? I had maybe 250,000 when I was at LinkedIn. And I think the rest has kind of grown since since leaving. Yeah. When it comes to course creation, how do you what do you think the strengths are that you bring to bear in creating a good course? Now, I know that LinkedIn Learning is one source of courses. There are many out there. People have courses on SlideShare. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got all kinds of platforms out there these days, uh, Mighty Networks, et cetera. What makes for a great online course in your experience? Because you've produced quite a few. I think something that is concise is really important. And 
again, something that's really actionable. I'm all about the actionable tips because if you're not giving people something that they can Mm. walk away with right after and start implementing, I just feel like, you know, our time is so valuable. You want to give people something that they can start on right away, start working on right away. Um, So I think something concise, I really like, I actually launched a course uh, with a platform called Maven. And what I really liked about that is, or what I experimented with rather is um, kind of an async plus live model. So instead of giving the instruction during the live times, which would, you know, cause more difficulties with making sure everyone's time zone worked and everyone's schedule worked, they would watch the content on their own time. And again, I don't like to drag it out. So I try to make things, you know, as, as concise, I think it was maybe 30 minutes of, of content each week, but a lot of information packed into that 30 minutes. And then we would have the live session afterwards where we could um, ask questions and just talk about concepts further. So I really like that model. So you have um, some kind of pre-recorded material. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the time from the sound of things is spent with the cohort. And is that is that a live cohort then? It's a live cohort, yeah. So it was yeah. about 30 minutes of recorded video, and then we would meet once a week live for an hour. Okay. Okay. And uh, it, you're obviously editorial director of Prezi right now, according to your LinkedIn profile. Do you have an outlet or channel for your own courses, which you monetize? Yes. Yeah, so Maven would be an external um, platform for that, LinkedIn Learning as well. And then I'm actually experimenting right now with relaunching uh, or working to relaunch that Maven course, um, experimenting with different formats uh, to see what will work again uh, moving forward. But that's going to be um, maybe not on the Maven platform. I'm not sure. <laughs> Up in the air still. I'm figuring it out. For those of us not familiar, and I'm one of those people, I had one guest recently who said she had a course on Maven. Oh, okay. What What is Maven? Maven is a learning platform that has that was co-founded by the Udemy co-founder and the Alt MBA co-founder, and essentially their premise, you know, kind of opposite to LinkedIn Learning, is that live cohorts, live learning courses, are really what's going to engage people and what will actually get them to complete the course. Okay. So it's cohort-based learning. Cohort-based, exactly. Yeah. That seems to have come back in vogue. There was a time when it seemed to be that everyone was going to make these courses online, pre-recorded programs, but there's been a massive shift. At least I've seen that uh, people now coming back to having these live. I guess if you're someone who wants to put their feet up and just say, well, I've done my work, the money's yeah. going to roll in, but we now as instructors have to engage people more. Um, what, what do you prefer personally? Synchronous? asynchronous learning live or uh, pre-recorded? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I like synchronous, uh, sorry, I like asynchronous for the material, just getting it out there. Okay. But there is value in that live meeting, meeting the students, having the students meet each other and having a support network. So I think a mix of both is ideal um, because I am still working full-time at Prezi and these are kind of side projects for me. I tend to lean more towards the async just from a time perspective, um, but I kind of like the combination of the two of if I had in an ideal world. Okay. Uh, for those of us, again, not familiar with Maven, what kind of support is given to people listening who are They've written a book, people who are listeners, they've written a book, they've got some subject matter expertise, they want to build a course. What does Maven do for them? Um, what's What resources are available to produce a Maven course? And I don't want to make this a focus of Maven, but LinkedIn's the same. What what do those kinds of companies do to help you as a, as a 
an expert in a subject to create something, yeah. getting it from your mind into a product which you can sell. Yeah, so Maven actually does a lot. Um, so it's kind of meta, meta. Oh, sorry, it's kind of meta. Maven does a cohort-based course for its instructors to learn <laughs> how to build a cohort-based course, um, and it's it's very thorough. I think when I did it, it was about three weeks long. Um, I'm not sure. I think they're they're continuing to kind of shorten the course and just kind of get the people creating the courses faster. Um, so they give you the support there. They have marketing coaches. Um, uh, course coaches, just a lot of different coaches who can support you during that kind of learning period. And then, of course, they have their website to help promote your course. They have a Slack community for all the instructors who have graduated, and you can ask questions and give product feedback and all of that. Um, payment is integrated, for example, into the Maven site. So they're really trying to make it that one-stop shop uh, to create cohort-based courses. So uh, just could cover again, if you wouldn't mind, a couple of those courses by name that you published. Sure. Um, so the LinkedIn Learning course is called Virtual and Hybrid Meeting Essentials. And I'm actually recording one. This is the first time I've mentioned it uh, publicly, but I'm recording a nano learning course. So that's a new direction that LinkedIn Learning is going in. So courses that are recorded on your cell phone, vertical format, much quicker, I think catered more towards the Gen Z audience. And that's also going to be around uh, meetings. And then the Maven course um, is called Unlock Your Virtual First Advantage. And so it takes all my learnings about presentations and meetings and building your online brand, essentially all the skills you need in a virtual first workplace. And it gives you all those essentials uh, in an easy, digestible way. And of course, very tactical tips uh, to get started and to stand out and to really get noticed. How long did it take you to produce those courses? Quite a while. I think, well, a lot of the material I took for the courses was from the keynotes that I had created. So, you know, and those, those take a few hours kind of mm -hmm. ideating and figuring out the format and making sure it's easily digestible. Um, and then there was some new content I created as well. I think more focus on online brand building and, and LinkedIn. That was more of a new one for me. So that again, a few more hours. So, um, quite a bit of time. <laughs> it's not an easy, quick thing. Yeah. I was listening to a course last night. There's a guy called Justin Welch who mm -hmm. teaches, uh, you know, the guy perhaps, um, yeah, I see him on LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> exactly. He's Mr. LinkedIn, um, writing and he, I actually joined his course last night, all about, um, LinkedIn learning or, or rather learning to produce content that works on LinkedIn. What yeah. was interesting, he talked about the idea of low production value. And I think many of us often worry about this voice in the head that says it has to be 4K camera. It has to be, you know, yeah. like a auto cue. We've got to have this amazing sure. backdrop. But is that true? I mean, it sounds like this nano learning is a kind of a, a new departure from that um, orthodoxy. Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely want to put a little effort into your your visual or your visual and virtual presence. But I talk about that a lot in my course too. Like you can have the really expensive 4K camera with the blurred background and you can buy all the nicest lights. But I just I, I like to keep it simple. Like what's the minimum you can do that still looks good, that doesn't break the bank. So I mean I have an external camera here. I curated my background, but it's you know, it's not like with super expensive bookcases and, and things like that. Um, I still think it looks nice and, you know, people yeah. comment on it. So, you know, I think it's working. Um, and the lights too, it's like ring lights. I have a soft box. So it's really nothing super fancy. The microphone as well. It's the 
cheapest one I could find off of Amazon, but it works well for me. So would definitely agree with that. It doesn't, I think people get in their heads and think everything has to be so perfect, but I think it's more important to just get started and to just find what works for you. And it doesn't, again, have to be the most fancy, expensive thing. And you mentioned uh, before we actually click, uh, came on air and recorded, you mentioned uh, Crisp, which yes. we're using right now to eliminate background noise. Yes. And you mentioned then Prezi has a feature which allows you to put what we call lower two thirds, which is your branding, et cetera, uh, on the camera screen where I can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Crisp, K-R-I-S-P, Lifesaver, it, it does such a good job of blocking out um, any external noise that's not your voice. So especially for parents, if they have, you know, kids running around and screaming, I think that's a, that's a good investment there. Um, and then Prezi, yes, Prezi Video, um, the app. Uh, I put a lower third, so I put my name, my title. It just, add, it was super simple to set up and it just adds already, like Mark, you were like, oh, what's that? And it just makes you stand out and it's a little something special that you can add on your video calls, um, again, to, to get noticed, to stand out. And of course, you can. there's a lot more you can do bringing your presentation on screen um, and things like that. Mm. But I just opted for the simple name tag today. I'm going to look up nano learning uh, after this. That, that has me intrigued. And I think for yeah. people listening, that's a relief. I don't have to have this amazing uh, green screen or special mm -hmm. effects studio, I can record something, uh, some micro course or nano course, which will serve a purpose. It provides yeah. a solution to people and that's enough. Um, and that's something you can monetize, right? Yeah. 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 It's through LinkedIn learning. Um, yeah. And I, you know, there's not too many out there right now. I think it's starting to ramp up, but they're seeing it's very popular, which makes sense. Again, mm -hmm. it's shorter, it's quicker. Um, maybe it, it feels more personable, genuine being on your phone versus kind of the high production studio. So uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how how it performs once it's launched. You mentioned a couple of more things here in the notes. Um, you, you covered add more movement with me, leverage mm -hmm. visuals more. Um, mm -hmm. What about including state changes? What does that mean? That sounds intriguing. Yeah, so state changes, um, I think, are kind of related to movement, kind of also related to meeting facilitation. When you are presenting, it is just you talking, essentially. And I think where state changes come in is anytime, again, you can kind of wake the brain up and do something different, uh, like add some movement or maybe play a video clip or turn it back to the audience you're waking the brain up and you're kind of recapturing the attention of your audience. So I think this is especially key in meeting facilitation to be able to, you know, bounce it around, add a poll, um, include some music to start, like just doing different things to capture attention. And I always like to say that meeting facilitators are the new entertainers of the workplace. <laughs> and you really do have to go above and beyond. You're not just, you can't just show up and say, okay, let's just dive right in and it's going to be boring and you just have to put in more effort to really give a thoughtful, you know, well-planned out productive meeting. And that is hard because we've often got people of different backgrounds, different um, technical abilities. I've mm -hmm. got people sometimes who struggle to use the chat window and yeah. I think, oh my goodness, uh, not, to, not to mention whiteboards or polls or anything of that kind mm -hmm. of nature, mm -hmm. but that makes sense. The idea of using uh, movement and having state changes, standing up, sitting down, yeah. um, standing aback from your camera, sometimes bringing in something which is video movement, etc. Yeah, experiment exactly. with asynchronous training videos. Ex experiment with asynchronous training videos. What does that mean? 
<laughs> so I think async is something that is still underutilized. And so for if for those who don't know what asynchronous means, it's essentially asynchronous communication is communication that is not dependent on time and it doesn't expect an immediate response. So that would be things like email versus synchronous would be like a Slack or Teams. You're kind of expecting that back and forth right away. And so I think when it comes to training, when it comes to just recorded videos or meetings in general, having asynchronous videos, recorded videos can really go a long way because asynchronous allows your teammates to watch at a time that's convenient to them. And when they can do that, they're going to pay more attention, probably have more quality contributions. They're going to be happier because it works within their schedule versus you trying to force them to all attend at you know, 8 a.m. PT when some of them need to drop their kids off at school or some of them want to work out. Uh, so I think, yeah, just leveraging async, especially, and I think training is a really great opportunity to do that since their trainers are producing a lot of video content. Um, I would just definitely recommend trying that if you haven't done so yet. And also I've seen many people, a previous guest was Brennan Dunn, um, mm -hmm. who produced a course on, um, I can't think of the platform right now, but he had an email course, which I thought was fantastic. So mm. one of the beauties, I think that when you produce content like that, you can track it, you can click on open rates, you can understand mm. where people are engaging, disengaging with the course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one you've got, well, two last ones include recaps in a, in a killer presentation, whether it's training, yeah. synchronous or asynchronous, what's the value of including recaps? So I started including recaps because I would attend webinars myself and during them, I would, you know, even if I enjoyed them or if I didn't enjoy them at the end, either way, I'd be like, what was the takeaway or what did I, <laughs> you know, I knew it during it, it seemed helpful, but now I'm not really sure what to remember from it. And so I like to break up my presentation, you know, the rule of threes helps people remember. So it's usually, um, you know, three, three, and three different tips across three different topics. And then at the end of each section, I will give a recap of what we just went over because it's a lot of new information for people. It's a lot to keep track of. And so just reiterating that and repeating your message more than once, I think really helps kind of cement the concepts in their head. And I've gotten feedback from audience members. They really appreciate it. So I knew, you know, once I kind of heard that feedback and also just experiencing it myself that this was important. Um, and I continue to do it for all my presentations. Someone said to me, uh, I did a, a train the trainer at Disney years ago when I first got into this game of uh, mm -hmm. learning and development. And someone said to me, tell them what you're going to tell them. Yeah. Tell them, tell them what you've told them. Those three yeah, things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the number three keeps popping up in, in presentation skills, mm -hmm. whether it's kinesthetic, visual, auditory, yeah, or whether yeah. it's make three points or cover part one, part two, part three. I'm always intrigued why the number three is such a powerful number in, yeah. in the mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but it works. <laughs> yeah, it does. The last one is set expectations, create a roadmap at the start of your presentation. Yeah, I think that's that just what you alluded to, Mark, is um, you know, preparing people ahead of time for what's coming. If you're going to give a 30-minute presentation or a 10-minute presentation or an hour presentation, give people a heads up so they're mentally prepared. Otherwise, they're not going to know. Just the unknown, I think, just freaks people out and just can make them you know, maybe bored more easily or tired more easily if they think this is going to drone on forever. But again, like setting people up, you know, in a meeting that would be an agenda and giving them a roadmap for presentation, let them know what you're going to talk about, let them know when it's going to be over, let them know that Q&A comes at the end, or if you want it in the middle, let them know. So I think as much heads up as you can give, it just gives people a mental roadmap and helps them be prepared. Lorraine, where can people find out more about you? 
They can find out more about me. I think LinkedIn is best. So linkedin.com slash in slash Lorraine K. Lee. And feel free to connect with me there. Ask me any follow-up questions that come up. I would love to chat with you. Okay. And people can find also your courses on um, the platforms you mentioned, right? Yes. LinkedIn Learning, Maven. Um, and if, if you have any trouble finding them, just reach out on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for being my guest today on the show, Lorraine. Thank you. This was fun. A huge thanks to Lorraine for being my guest today on the show. And thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Lorraine by visiting trainingbusiness.com. We've got some links to her site, her, her profile, and of course, her resources. And thanks to you for listening today. If you've got a question, I'm sure you have, or a suggestion for another episode of the show, or even something to do with your business, please drop me a line. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. My team, Sam, Joe, James, and Turul, and I, of course, appreciate your loyalty and your listenership. If this is your first time here, I'm delighted that you could join us today. If it's not your first time here, I really appreciate the fact that you've come back. Please click on follow, subscribe, whichever button appears on your podcast player, because you'll then be notified of great episodes as they come out. This costs nothing, takes a couple of seconds, and means a lot to me and the team. There is, of course, a fresh episode of the show next Thursday. Until then, keep selling, keep training. Keep going. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.